Hi, welcome to this episode of The Coaching Practice. I sat down with Dr. Jabulile Musumangu Halawe, or Dr. J, as she's also known, who is the Program Director for Coaching at WITS. She had a lot to say specifically about how she integrated coaching into her mentorship practice, which I thought was interesting. But that's just one of the many things I think that we can learn from this amazing woman. So let's dive right in. Welcome everyone to the 12th episode of The Coaching Practice. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Dr. Jabulele, who is the program director at WITS for the coaching program. Welcome, Dr. J. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am really curious about your origin story when it comes to coaching. So maybe start by telling us, how did you end up in coaching? It's, it's very interesting uh, because it didn't start as a coaching journey, really. Um, it started uh, with me being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and having some normal challenges with being an entrepreneur, failed in business, got some scars. And then uh, later on in life, then I decided to start a mentoring mm-hmm. business. And when it started, it was mainly for mentoring entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And then in the process, then uh, working at VEST, then I got uh, exposed to coaching. And then that's when I introduced the coaching uh, part. So that, that bridge between entrepreneurship and coaching, what was that process like for you? What happened from going from an entrepreneur focus to also coaching? Was there a specific event or what happened that made you explore that? Uh, the thing is, uh, I, I, I haven't really moved from entrepreneurship to coaching. I just mm. integrated coaching into my entrepreneurship uh, journey. So what happened is as, as, as I was mentoring entrepreneurs, mm. um, one of the things that I realized is that mentorship has got some limitations. Uh, because mentorship tends to rely a lot in your experience Mm. as your mentor and your skills Mm. and what you know. And sometimes when you mentor people who are not necessarily in the same industry or who are running a business that is not exactly the same with the business you've got experience uh, of, then it tends to be a bit of, of a challenge because then the mentee, can only grow up to where you are. They can't go beyond Mm. that. And then when I got exposed to uh, coaching, then I realized that with coaching, I don't have to be in your industry or in your space for me to be able to coach you. I just need to be trained Mm. as a coach, have the competencies of a coach. Then you are able to grow and develop even beyond where I am as your coach because you are not dependent on my skills or technical skills Mm. uh, as 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 a coach, but you are dependent on my competency. As, uh, uh, it's as so interesting coach. that you highlight the, the importance of competency instead of experience, because I think many clients and, and coaches struggle sometimes with the idea of, hey, do I want a coach that has experience in my field or do I want a coach who has no experiences? And I mean, I think in, in both areas, there are pros and cons. But what I'm hearing you're saying is you're leaning from what I'm understanding towards the space where 
the, the coach does not necessarily have experience uh, of the client's field because then the client can grow beyond what the coach has to offer in terms of a possible mentorship capacity. Yes, I'll, I'll say yes, but I'll put a disclaimer uh, on that because it, it can be sometimes a dangerous uh, statement uh, mm. that then you go blank uh, <laughs> in <laughs> coaching people. Um, mm. You still need some basic understanding. Let's say if I am going to coach you as a manager in, in the business, I still have to, mm. I still need to have some kind of understanding so that mm. when you you tell me your issue, I can grasp uh, the, the, the magnitude of what you're talking about. So as much as you are not fully dependent on my experience, but I still need to have the basic mm. understanding of how certain Makes things. sense. That makes sense, Dr. Yeah. Jay. So that's what brought you into coaching. But Dr. Jay, what keeps you in coaching? Uh, I think more is is more the, the the development that you see in your clients uh, because every day when the day ends when we are done with all the sessions uh, there's something that needs to make you go back tomorrow and what makes you go back tomorrow is is seeing people's transformations mm. grow uh, people becoming independent people becoming more content with with their life and then you look the first session you had with a person and you look the last session or after the last session, mm. that transformation that you see is what keeps you going and, and, and makes you want to see more and more of it. Because also maybe what I didn't mention uh, first, what brought me into coaching and mentoring was the passion for people development. So the more you see people growing, mm. the more it keeps you going. Mm. The more you see people growing, the more it keeps you going. I like that. That's cool. Um, Dr. J, as, as the program, <laughs> program, program director at WITS, you get, you get to see the development of many new coaches that go through the master's program. Now, if, in your experience, if you had to give one, one um, bit of advice for, for those who are just finishing a training program like a master's or certificate course in coaching, what would that what would that piece of advice be? Uh, my advice will be uh, based on what I've observed uh, over the years mm. is that when you, especially a master's program, at that level, you get taught a lot of theories. And mm. um, the dilemma that you have is when I'm done here, which one do I go with? <laughs> and my advice will be learn the theories and the concepts that you can learn but that won't necessarily make you a, a, a good coach. What makes you a good coach is the practice. So you learn the theories as your foundation and uh, to orientate yourself about things that work, uh, but what will make you win and get you moving is the practice. The more you do it, the better you become and the more you, you, you get to see which of all these theories and models that you have learned works for you because you need to have your own personal uh, style in coaching and uh, unfortunately you can't just rely mm. on the theory from your master's program so if they feel they they are drowning in in, in knowledge your your advice would be to practice and taste the knowledge with the practice if i understand correctly yes just just start with one simple model that makes sense to you mm. as a coach 
And the more you, you do it, the more you will start also feeling that you need to add maybe some of the things you learn from other more complicated uh, models. But start with the basic model uh, and start with some few powerful questions uh, that you feel works for you and just get going. Mm. And as you go, then you will start feeling comfortable introducing because otherwise you get uh, nervous about which model and which theory and then you get stuck. <laughs> so, Dr. J, this is the easiest of, of the questions I have to ask. How would you define coaching yourself? Wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> coaching is similar to intrapreneurship. Mm-hmm. There's so many uh, definitions and everybody claims their definition is the definition. Mm. Uh, but what I have uh, kind of like developed for myself is to take key themes from different definitions to look as really what is it that we're trying to do with coaching. Mm-hmm. It's about development, it's about learning, mm-hmm. it's about transformation, it's about growth and all those things. So you, you take all those little things from the different definitions and you make it your own. And for me, really, coaching is really about moving a person from one point to the next in either personal development or or in terms of uh, professional development. But it's all about that transformation and about the relationship between two people, same goal, to get this person to move from level Mm. one to level two. So, Dr. J., what in your coaching practice are some of the foundational theories that you practice with as a coach? Uh, what are one one module that I've adopted uh, that I found it, it for me it explains or encompasses some of these uh, theories is the ice iceberg uh, mm-hmm. module uh, because one thing that you need to understand about coaching is that what most of the time clients tell you is not really what you need to coach. There are underlying things that you need to coach so that they are able to change the things that they tell you that they Mm. they want to change. And I find that the iceberg model explains uh, that very well. It's one of the the, the theories that I feel Mm. works for me, that if you don't deal with the person's beliefs, if you don't uh, deal with the person's values, all the things that people Mm. don't see, it doesn't matter which model or theory you use, you are not going to see hmm. the results. That's, 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 that's good advice. So, Dr. J, moving into your, your, your clients and the people that you coach, what are some of the niches, if any, that you've identified coaching-wise in your career? Uh, funny, funny enough, when I was, I was listening to one of the podcasts uh, you did uh, with the program director from uh, Stellenbosch, mm-hmm. um, and he was explaining about his experience and qualifications and how those things tend to draw him to a certain kind of mm-hmm. client, uh, client base. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has been my experience mm-hmm. as well. Uh, by virtue of me being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. Uh, being at the business school, what I found is that uh, I tend to be drawn more to entrepreneurs. So most of them, are, my clients tend to be entrepreneurs or business owners mm-hmm. or either postgraduate um, uh, students. Uh, and that tends to kind of like by default become kind of like my niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't really sit and say this is going to be my niche, but it evolved because people for some reason... 
because they don't understand the difference between mentorship and coaching, they tend to look for coaches that's got uh, experience in the same uh, industries or field that they, they are in. Hmm. So the, 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 the field you were passionate about naturally became also the, the, the client base that you practice from. Yes. So l- yes. Last, last question. Though, though personally, uh, maybe to, sorry, um, just maybe to add on the, uh, one of the maybe niches that uh, personal I'm interested in, uh, which I'm uh, hoping to intentionally uh, grow, mm-hmm. Uh, is women in 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 management uh, because I find there's a lot of issues there that women deal with, and uh, sometimes it helps when another woman um, coaches hmm. them. Okay, well that's yeah, that's that that, that sounds like you like you. Why, why does that why does that intrigue you? That specific niche. <laughs> because I'm a <laughs> woman, and uh, I understand. <laughs> I understand the challenges that when you are in senior uh, positions mm. in organizations as a woman that you have to deal with, uh, that sometimes when you share them maybe with a different um, gender, as much as they've got the, the skills, they, they're not supposed to be uh, a, a really, as a coach, you're not supposed to be influenced by, by your gender. But I find that uh, women become more comfortable when they think you understand um, their plight. Mm. Uh, because sometimes we've got that assumption that as much as men get it, but they don't get mm. it because they haven't experienced it. Hmm. Yeah. So, Dr. J, it, sometimes people finish a training course like a master's or a certificate or some other thing, and now they need to find clients. What would your advice be to people, in, to coaches in, in that space? How do they identify their clients? How do they get to their niches? Give your, give your wisdom in that sense, please. Um, what, what I think helps as well is uh, before you become mm. too rigid about going for a specific niche, if you are still new and trying to develop yourself and build a, a brand for yourself mm. as a coach, I think it helps to be broader and uh, your target allow your target market to be broader so that you get the experience. And sometimes you might find as you coaching, you realize that sometimes mm. what you thought was the niche you would like to focus on is not really what you would like to focus on. Uh, because as much as we talk about niches, sometimes I also feel like... Um, in coaching, there's really no niche because you can target to say, I want to coach people in, mm. uh, who are entrepreneurs. And you expect that in the coaching session, the issues that will come up will be related to entrepreneurship. And you get that there's personal issues, there's career issues, uh, there's other issues that you have to coach. Uh, and then now if you are at the beginning too much focus on one niche, if you get then issues like that in a coaching session, you start becoming uncomfortable because you didn't practice broader first so that you are able to handle okay. any so issue broad, that comes broader first in, uh, in if a at session. All, um, before you before you start focusing on niches. <laughs> one one yes. one bonus question that just came up get as a program hours. director of a prestigious <laughs> program in South Africa, in the coaching world, when it comes to certification through Comensa or the ICF or any certification body, what are your thoughts on the necessity of that for coaches? 
Yeah, I think with with our industry being so unregulated, uh, I, I really appreciate what those bodies are really trying to do. Uh, because the challenge we have is of people just waking up in the morning and decide I'm going to be a coach and then clients not having mm. anything to use to say, is this going to be a good coach or not? So I think more than the academic qualification or the training, I think these bodies are really helping the industry in trying to really say streamline and say these are the standards uh, and those kind of things. And hopefully one day we will get uh, to a more kind of like regulated industry where we can have confidence that if a person is registered uh, with Comensa or ICF, then I can mm. be comfortable that uh, I'm going to get a, a good um, a good coach from there. So um, I, I really think it's a good job they're doing. And also I think as coaches, mm. Uh, mm. more than the academic wow. qualification, Thank you, Dr. I think Jay, is something for, that for we should all strive you, you for. shared with us. Is there any last thing you would want to share with the community? Uh, I think, yeah, just maybe to emphasize, um, to say, I know there's a lot of people out there who are coaches, um, who did not go through the training and have been in the space for a long time. And my really advice is try to get some um, training, some paper or some qualification because the way the industry is going is, is going um, that way. If you look, sometimes you see people who've been coaching for years and now they are coming for the qualifications uh, because the industry is getting uh, really flooded. Mm. So okay. you need something to really well, thank you very much, Dr. So Dr. J, for your presence clients. and your time and your wisdom. It's much appreciated.